Ladies and gentlemen of Jets Nation from around the world, you're listening to the Good, the Bad, and the Jets podcast. On the move. A lot of time. Directing traffic. Gonna go deep. Have a man deep. It is caught for the touchdown. Corey Davis. Get used to the mantra, all gas, no break. To a throw the sideline. Let's go, man! We're a good football team. And now, let's kick it over to your hosts, Brandon Ferris and Spencer Klein. Welcome, everyone, to the Good, the Bad, and the Jets podcast. I'm your co-host, Brandon Ferris, and as always, alongside me is Spencer Klein. It is Senior Bowl week, which means... Rumors and reporters are running rampant, which we will dive into uh, <laughs> in a bit. But Spence, this episode will be our first mock draft of the offseason. We will be doing a two-round mock draft. I will be drafting as Joe Douglas. Spencer will be drafting and saying his picks, I guess, as yourself. Unless I'll be drafting you- with the right answers. We can say it that way. <laughs> So you'll draft as, as yourself, I'll draft as Joe Douglas. But before we, uh, before we get into that, let's talk about the big news from the Senior Bowl, the, uh, the quote that everyone's talking about, or the quotes, or the story, rather, that everyone's talking about. But let's kind of clear the air here. Apparently, the about the Jets not being high on Becton during the season and being mad with him are true to a to a point it seems like they want Fant to be the starting left tackle or at least it's his job to lose according to uh who is it tony pauline right tony so, pauline i mean you can hear from the words to of sala i get I mean, he didn't directly explicitly say that but like that was the message too so <laughs> so basically it's going to be a i guess a competition between Beckton and Fant with the loser going to right tackle, I guess. Like that's the that's the uncertain <laughs> part already with it. Like what happens if for whichever one doesn't eventually start week one? Like we assume they slide to the right side. But is that the case? Like what if Well I mean, I don't know if Moses is there's a lot of, of um variables to that I would say right now. Well uh I'm not going to answer that part now. I want to wait. Yeah, we don't need to yet. Or we'll, or we'll see how the mock goes. <laughs> I, I, I have an answer for you in, in the mock draft, depending on how yep. the board falls. But it's concerning. I, I think it's time. You, you told me months ago not to sound the alarm on Becton. I think it's time to sound some sort of alarm. Yeah. You, you kind of have Well, not kind of. You do have to because... <laughs> Clearly, they have different thoughts from from what we've each said throughout the season, even with his missed time. I don't agree with them already. If this turns out to be the case, that they're just not uh, as high on him anymore, I think that would be a, a premature thing and a mistake. And if the weight gain stuff is an issue, well, be patient. He was so good. <laughs> I can't forget how dominant he was. Like, Make sure he's ready to go by week one. Like, there's no need to. It, it's it's not. It's January. Sorry, it is February. 
February second today when we're discussing this fight. I I don't know. I think it's it's it is interesting though that those comments are coming out now. I would say they just kind of were more dis um more clear on it really coming from Salah's mouth himself. I think you're gonna disagree with me here, but I, I get the weight gain issue because I, I think this is a good example, but you remember Alfred Hainsworth, right? Who is an amazing defensive lineman contract and gained all the weight and was horrible after. So, I mean, weight gain can be an issue, but they did hook him up with a nutritionist, I'm pretty sure. And like you said, he has, what, five, six months to get in shape? And this was a lost season also. So they shouldn't have rushed him back and let him heal and and see what he's like at training camp. I agree it's a premature decision to to be out on him as the staff and the and as the general manager manager who just drafted him in the first round. You gotta give him at least another year. The weight thing I, I agree. It can be an issue, but my, yeah, so my butt to it is like it again, it's February. Like let him work his tail off all year to to get ready for week one, that, that would be my main thing. You, you already know what he can do when he's on the field. Like that's, that's not even a question. You know if, he's very, very good. If this was a way to motivate him, I think they're doing it all wrong. Yeah, and that's, I, I, would, I think that is the, the motive by them, is to try to push him by publicly stating it. I don't think that is the way to do it. I, I agree with you there. I don't think it's the right uh, approach. By by the staff, because they're the ones that spoke on it, along with the, the side reports. Well, the staff, I mean, really solid himself. I mean, I'm not going to, can't group them all into that. We don't know <laughs> what they all really say. Yeah, so I guess we're on Mackay Becton watch for the next few months. The offseason off can never be easy. Always has to be something uh, <laughs> to spice things up. So at least we're getting some action. And I mean, I've been listening to podcasts and looking at tweets about the Senior Bowl, and it looks like a lot of good stuff's been going on. Uh, the the inside source that I have that we've mentioned before is at the Senior Bowl, so I may uh, may hit him up <laughs> next week to see if he has any info on what happened in, in Alabama and, and what the staff is thinking. But I, I, I'm excited to see how, this, how the rest of this week goes. We're recording this Wednesday night, so there's already been a day of practice or two days of practice maybe but it looks like the the staff and and Douglas are getting a really good look at a lot of these guys who could potentially be day two day three picks for them it's uh it's been a lot of positive stuff especially from the ones that we already mentioned prior to the talk today positive stuff about of course you knew I was going to bring them up already and McBride and Jeremy Rucker uh, I know one you like, and I'm buying into more. Jermaine Johnson from FSU is getting the buzz. Yep. yep. <laughs> Our favorite word this week. Well, he is getting the buzz. I uh, saw something also about one of the linemen, Trevor Penning, I believe, his, believe is his name. Northern I some of the yep. Yeah, so some of the reporters mentioned that Joe was uh, was chatting with him and his eyes were certainly on him, but can't read always into all that. Uh, and I saw one, I don't recall exactly who tweeted it and mentioned it, but like, could he be like a Ryan Jensen type who just finds his way into a, just a pretty solid starter role for his career? And we all would accept that. 
But yeah, those those are the few that I think I saw from all the the commentary throughout the first few days. I've heard some good stuff about the Cincinnati guys too. Kobe Bryant, uh, Sanders. I think they had uh, another guy on defense, but mm-hmm. it's not surprising when a senior led team goes to the college football playoff. You would assume that they should uh, <laughs> dominate the uh, the Senior Bowl. I actually. I like Kobe Bryant as a, a day three pick if if they're looking for some depth. He played he played across Sauce Gardner, so obviously he's not going to get the recognition that that Gardner had. But if they are looking for a cornerback, and you can also touch upon that tweet that you sent me about the cornerback and the defensive backs right after this, but I, I wouldn't mind him day three. If he finds his way into the fourth or fifth round. Yeah, I mean, so, some of the comments from Salah's press. Well, the one comment that I had about that from Salah's presser was he said that the cornerback group, and it's the quotes are that they're close to being or yeah, close to being upper echelon. Does that really give you the buy they're going to go corner in round one? And the common sense suggests no. <laughs> and that's I know that's the thoughts we've each had for a while. We don't think they will do that. And I mean, I'm I'm going to stick to that probably through the draft. I, I don't think that's going to change either. But I agree if they want to go with a corner like Kobe Ryan later with their selections, I'm on board with that. Just just not an early selection, and that's I'm I'm glad to see the comments could align with that. You know, on again on February second, we know this is all going to change. <laughs> I'd be shocked if they go defensive background. I think that's I'm pretty confident they won't. Very yeah, confident. I'm not. I'm not overthinking that one. I, I really don't think I need to. I, I agree. Yeah, so so talking about the the draft, let's go into our first mock of the offseason, two-round mock. Just have four picks in the first two rounds. I will be doing a live mock draft simulator, picking as if I were Joe Douglas, based on what I what we've heard, what I think he'll do, and the, the needs that they have. And then, Spence, you will be Picking your own players as yourself, aka the right choices, the A plus choices. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's that's what I'm going to say. It's the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I am using one of my favorite simulators, the the Draft Network simulator. They have a lot of good scouting reports, and I've actually read up on a lot of these guys from this site. So I will go first and make my first pick. And it looks like Evan Neal, Thibodeau, and Hutchinson have went one, two, three in that order, which I think is the likeliest outcome. So I'm kind of glad that this happened. So I so based on things that we've heard, and I think you'll disagree with me here, I am going to go with the NC State tackle who could potentially be the best tackle in, in the draft over Neal, and he probably can play guard as well. I'm going to go with Ikam Ikwenu. Ikwenu. Might, might have butchered it wrong, but it seems like the Jets are kind of out on Becton. And what I was alluding to earlier is that I think Joe will want to draft a tackle round one, sticking that right tackle. The loser of the left tackle competition will will battle for right tackle with with this rookie. If the rookie loses, then he goes into guard. If Bant or Becton lose, I 
don't know what's next for them because I don't think either of them can play guard. What do you think about that? Well, my, my pick's going to end up being the same there. I'd say as of today, Iquanu. I, yeah, I think you got it right as well. I've heard some of the draft people say it that way, so I think we got that right. Um, I mean, logic's definitely similar. I Well, a little more behind it, I guess, though I do think in my head at the moment, Neil's going to go. Still going to go one, in my opinion. I, I just don't think the Jags could pass up not protecting Trevor Lawrence. That would be very foolish by them. Yep. And then Detroit, I think Hutchinson gets pegged there. And I just think the Texans also would be foolish to pass up on, on Thibodeau. The Texans so are, the, that, they are They are a wild card, though. I mean, they they could certainly take a lineman too if they if they want to go that route, but I'm just gonna go with that. All the the noise around him and potentially slipping is all smoke, and that's he still sits in the top three. So I guess yeah, in my in, in how the board would fall there, I would be accepted. I sorry, let me rephrase that. I would accept Edge here as well. To me, those are your two choices. It's O-line or edge. I definitely, and I have amended my thoughts there after watching these playoffs. you got to just do anything you can for the offensive side, except edge. So if it's got to be one of those two here, I'm going to, and how the board fell, I'm going to go with the Quanu. And kind of for the same reasons that you shared, they would just would provide the flexibility, put him at guard the start, slide him the tackle after whatever they want to do. I think it would just, be the to me the finishing touches on the O line, and, and that's my main point there. I don't think they would need to do more beyond that to for the for the main five. So I'm um, I'm on the same page with you with how I think the board will fall. But yes, I, if I guess my little caveat: if the edges fall, you take them. I would change my pick, of course, based on that. So that's I think I'm going to be likely to stick with this till April. I can't see what would change that between now and then at four. But we'll see if I eat my words on that. <laughs> I I don't think it should be anything other than edge or offensive line here. Not the the wideouts, the value for it, it doesn't make sense. You you know I would love to take two wideouts, no doubt. <laughs> but yes, in reality, I, I, I know it's not the the move they really should do taking a wideout of four and ten. It's not Madden. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, let, let's shut down. And maybe you were going to say it, so but I was say Kyle Hamilton. We got to end that conversation if they do that at four. Yes, we both accept it and buy in. Like we know we would, but like it would not be the right move. It would be a mistake. I agree. Yeah, I'm out on Hamilton at four. It it has to be offense line or edge. And yeah, if if Hutchinson or Thibodeau do fall to four, the Jets will take them. If the Jets don't take them, then there's going to be riots at Forum Park. There's no reason that they should pass on, on Hutchinson or, or Thibodeau. But right now, I did see on DraftKings, Hutchinson is the favorite to be the number one overall pick, which is interesting. I still think it should be Neil. But regardless, I do think this is the most likely scenario that we see on draft night. So whether it's Charles Cross or Iquanu at, at four, I think it's going to be either one of those two. And I, I would rather Aquano. I think he's more of a better fit at guard than Cross. And and like like we said, move him over the right tackle the year after. This also gives them the protection that they 
that they need for Becton in case he doesn't pan out for whatever reason. So I think he's a, a safe pick here. And you can never have too many offensive linemen, like uh, like I said last time. Yeah, and I, and they, well, I'll save another name I was going to mention that I do not think should go here at all. But I'll, I'll wait till we talk about pick ten. But yeah, I think that that's all I really got for pick four. <laughs> this would be the move as of February second. But it's already changed from initial thoughts. Could we buy into Karloff? This or could Jermaine Johnson really shoot up? Maybe not to four, but up to. Pick ten, we'll see. But let's let's go so, and take it at a time. We'll go to ten. Unless you have the, anything else to add. So that's interesting. You said that about Jermaine Johnson because he just went number seven overall in this draft. Wow, wow. Senior Bowl hype is really helping him. And the guy who went to Denver at number nine, who is, is the guy who I think that you were going to mention, is Derek Stingley Jr., who we do not want at four. Is that correct? That wasn't, but that's also okay. one we. I will, we, well, yeah, not English there. <laughs> not even worse. But it's also one definitely to mention, like just aligning with what we said at the beginning of today's episode. Don't think corner is around one. I'll say the word need for them as well. It's not a need for them to address there. Yeah. And not the move they should make. But let me, let me hear your pick first at 10 before I say the name. It's possible you say him, but I don't think you will either. No, I don't, I don't think I will. So, uh, this mock draft, no trades as well. So the next picks are Charles Cross, Matt Corral, Jermaine Johnson, Kyle Hamilton, Derek Stingley Jr. I think the the board fits well for the Jets. They do have three edges that they can choose from here. They can choose from David Ajobu. And, and, oh, and Edge would be my pick here regardless. They, they could take Ajobu from Michigan. Trayvon Walker from Georgia, who he, he kind of plays inside also. I, I wouldn't love him as an edge guy. Or they can take the pick I'm picking now in George Karloftis. I think at number 10, he's a good value pick. He is, in my opinion, right now the third best edge guy. I like Jermaine Johnson a lot. At number 10, he might be a little rich. Even at 7, I, I'd be shocked if he ends up a giant. At number seven, but I think Karloff, this is the easy pick here. He is very good at getting off, off the ball. It, the, the only thing is he has smaller arms, and that's why he missed a lot of sacks and tackles at Purdue. Other than that, he's a, a very good fit. I would love to see him across Lawson on the line. So I am taking Karloff, this from Purdue. I would definitely be comfortable with that at 10. I, I think the initial mocks that we were talking about before the playoffs started and the season ended, we were seeing some Karloftis stuff at four, which could still happen. Oh, well, definitely could still happen. But like we both were like, we're, we're uncertain on that. And even our, with our discussion with Matt, who we had on recently, like, there's definitely hype around it, but I don't know if, if that four just would be, would be the most comfortable that 10? Yeah, that, that's a good move. I, I uh, We talked about the positions that we would accept here. That's one of them, and it's a need, and a player who's got a, a, a high floor. So I like it. I'm going to differ, though, and you, I think you know where I'm headed yep. <laughs> positional-wise, no doubt about it, is wide receiver. But I think you might be surprised. You might. Well, let me say it first. Is I, I'm going to select here Traylon Burks. I knew you were going to. Maybe you. 
I knew you were okay. in the works because Fair. but anyway, <laughs> feeding into it. I, yeah. Well, you're, I was I, thinking maybe you would think I was going to say Garrett Wilson, who also would be like a 1A, 1B option here if they're both on the clock. You're so much more higher on Burks than I am. He's my third wideout, I think. I'm I'm buying in. He's just he's interesting. He's a bigger guy, but he's unique. He just like you're not gonna no one is Debo Samuel. There's no like let's make that clear. People are gonna try to make those comparisons. He like close is two in the way he could be used, maybe, but like no one's Debo. But I want someone who could be close to that, no doubt. And I think that that can be Traylon Burks. He's he's gonna run a good and it doesn't know at all. You gotta play fast in the field, but he's gonna run a rare time in his forty. I just from seeing some comments out there like they'd run a, a forty in the the type of like what and yes, this is wild, but like what Calvin ran, just being a big guy who ran a, a speedy forty. Just think that's that's rare. You're you're not getting talents like that. Like I mean here's a tweet that actually that I'm seeing. It's from Marcus Mosher writes about the Raiders. They're expecting him to run a 40 under 4.5. And of wideouts that are 230 plus in weight that were able to do that. And the Calvin reference to it's Calvin, Andre Johnson, Claypool, Vincent Jackson, Darren Waller. That's a group you want to be a part of. And it doesn't say it all, but I'm intrigued by him a lot. And yeah, wide receiver is going to be my pick here, <laughs> no matter what. Well, we'll see what they do, I guess, if they do make a move outside of the draft or wider. But as of now, go with Traylon Burks. And the other name I was going to mention that I said should not be in the discussion is is Linderbaum. Don't need a center this early. Is he going to be very good? Probably. But I don't think they need to do that. They I just rather them take other linemen that are going to be available, and you just don't need to. Do that at certainly not at four. That's what that's the point I wanted to make. And don't think they would do that at ten either if they were to go edge first and, and lineman second. So Yeah, I wasn't even thinking of I, I see Jets Twitter's into that. That that's definitely a theme. I think that's or a take for some that is out there. They are not opposed to, to going for him this yeah. early on. Because he's probably the safest option in round one. He's probably the safest player. Mm-hmm. And that's fine, but I would rather wait uh, if if they're. I, I'd rather take a Kwame and just and that's it. But yeah. I, 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 I would also like a wide receiver at ten. You you know that, but this is me being Joe Douglas. I feel mm-hmm. like would rather shore up that edge spot. I I feel like Salah would be pounding the table for for Karloftis, and I I think. Maybe maybe it's a spoiler depending on how the the board falls out, but I, I feel like Douglas would go wide receiver round two, and uh, I guess we'll see what what my pick is. But I I find it hard to believe he's going to take a wide out round one because don't forget he's also paying Corey Davis a ton of money, and uh, he has Elijah Moore, so I I feel like he's not going to take a wide receiver round one. While I would love him to, I, I I think he would rather take an edge here. They they just need to finish that trio. They need that third partner. And yeah, like I, I as I mentioned in my my reason there, if they do that in a trade for a big name, 
that could it's certainly going to change my thoughts although you know i would love to double down and go all in but like in reality i understand yep. that's not going to actually happen <laughs> but it can't it, yeah that, that's it that's what it comes it, it, it sense you you always say this and i'm, I'm going to rip you now for it so it's on record they <laughs> they they can't do that because like it wouldn't make sense financially also because you see what's happening in dallas where they have to let some guys go because their pass catchers are getting too much money. I bet it's going to happen with Cincinnati. I bet Tyler Boyd won't be able to resign at some point, and they're probably going to let their tight end go as well. Yeah. Like I said, in, Corey, in a year, you could talk about Corey Davis. We'll figure, you would figure it out then with him. That that would be my early thought. Like if they were to make that move, you move forward with the, and it's all hypothetical. If you were to like. It's not going to happen with Amari Cooper, with Burks, and Elijah Moore. All right, maybe Corey Davis out the door after two years. Yeah, but but who, yes, I don't expect it to happen at all, although I would love to do it. I mean, I, I, if they would, like, I guess I would rather them have Ridley or Cooper than Davis, but they just paid Davis. I, I feel like they're not trying to move on from him right now. So, like, that's the only thing. And... Plus, you yeah. also you said it yourself. You can't just have rookies and and one and two year players all on offense. We can't just keep trading down and, and stockpiling all these rookies everywhere. Correct. <laughs> so, so they do need some uh, some veterans. But I, I think the the blueprint still is Cincinnati. Like they need to get their third guy, and let's say it's in the first round or second round. And even if Davis is, is the weakest link out of the out of the top three, I think that's still a, a very good third option. Not and not, not by then. That's really the role that he should be like should be the two at best. Not not should should not be the one which he was kind of thrusted into by default this year. So like, look, they got to figure out the third wideout no matter what. Either route of draft or free agency is going to be acceptable. The unacceptable scenario is just not figuring it out. <laughs> Like, the, like if, if they can have him as the number two, then the offense is going to be very good. Like, he was a he was a great compliment for A.J. Brown. And yep. he, he had his career year right before he signed with the Jets with A.J. Brown. Exactly. For one. So they they can't leave the offseason with Corey Davis as the number one option. And I, I don't think Elijah Moore is a number one option either. That might be a hot take. But I, I think they can do better than than Elijah Moore's the number one. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be the hot topic until the action begins. <laughs> All the hypotheticals are going to be out there. So I will I will stick with Burks though for now as of today again February second, and I will not would not be surprised that I change that as as this off season kicks off. So you would take Burks over London, Olave, and Garrett Wilson and Jameson Williams. I would as of today. Yep. He's your number one? Okay. Yep. And we I, I did want to mention this. We did see a tweet from U Stadium saying that Joe Douglas allegedly loves Drake London. No idea what the source is, but if that's true, I would love that because I love Drake London. He's my number two after Garrett Wilson. I would be happy with it, no doubt. <laughs> Again, just Bring one in. They're all, all it's, it's a great class again. Yes, I can use the word great a lot. They're all going to turn out to likely turn out to be very productive players. Just don't pass it up like uh, we've seen 
from past regimes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> in draft and in, in, in talent rich years for of her position to be. All right. Well, speaking of Drake London, let's go to my first pick in the second round. Pick number thirty-five. So this one's a tough one because the guys who are left are like this is this would be a really good spot for the Jets. So the guys who are available are Nicobe Dean, linebacker from Georgia, Jahan Dotson, wide receiver from Penn State, Drake London, wide receiver from USC. Uh, it looks like Christian Harris, linebacker from Bama, is available. Uh, Lewis Seen from the safety from Georgia. Who else we got? We got Trey McBride, tight end from Colorado State. So I am going to take Drake London here. I'm going to have, if I'm Douglas, I take another day two wide receiver. Drake London's top of my board. And I think that's a steal at, at number 35. Oh, if he lasted there, that's the win. No, no, I would love, would love that. <laughs> that would be the best value of it all. Like, yeah, how your boards fell so far, leaving the, the draft with the Quanu or Loftus round one, and you get your Wada, who really is a round one Wada at that slot. Would love that. Th- there's there always seems to be a wide receiver or two who do drop to the second round, who should be a, a a round one selection like Elijah Moore, and some other guys like DK Metcalf, Devontae Adams. Some some uh, other second round talent. Yeah. So it, maybe teams are scared off by London's ankle injury. I know that's been a hot topic. So it, I mean, if London is there, that's an easy pick. I agree. If that's how the board were to fall, I would not hesitate if I'm the Jets, especially with it, with the board, sorry, with the two selection they would have had in your scenario already. So I have Drake London. Who do you have here at thirty five? You probably know where I'm heading with this, too. Once round two begins, do not mess around with Trey McBride. Do not mess around with the tight end position. That is my pick. Bring this guy in. Just just have very good feelings that this player is going to turn out to be a very quality NFL tight end. Seen some player comps to like a Mark Andrews type. He could block. He can catch. He's just simply going to be a playmaker from the tight end position in the league. So I'm not messing around. Get your tight end of the future and Trey McBride here and move on. There's your two offensive skill players that you're bringing in early on to help out Zach along with whatever else they would do in free agency. I would feel really good about that. Real much, much better about that offense just from comparing one to one year to the other already with that. I would love McBride. I feel like I feel like the Jets aren't going to take a tight end round two because of their love affair with Ryan Griffin. So I don't know. I, I would love him. I know I know Douglas has been watching McBride and all the tight ends at the senior bowl. The the tight end group is very, very deep. Like I said before, there's no Kyle Pitts, but a lot of these guys have a Pro Bowl potential. So as much as it would lo- I would love to take Trey McBride with my second pick, I don't think the Jets do that. I did want to take N'Kobe Dean next, but he was just taken by the Giants. So I don't think you'll like this pick much, but 
I am going to take Christian Harris, the linebacker from Alabama here, at number 38. Harris is he's a, a solid, could be a day one starter next to Mosley. Got the Alabama all, uh, alma mater there. He did have a down year, which is why he's probably drop, dropping the day two. He could use a little more refinement, and I feel like Salah can coach him up very well. I think that Douglas wants to move on from Mosley after this year, save some cap. They have Harris play next to Mosley this year, let him learn a bit, get him a little more all-around solid, and, and then put him right into Mosley's spot the next year, and you have your main linebacker for, for the next 10 years. So I am taking Christian Harris here. Probably not a popular pick, but I feel like Joe Douglas needs to find his heir to Mosley, especially if he's thinking, I'm going to cut him after this year. Yeah, I mean, the linebacker need next to Mosley is is critical. I think it's not going to get talked about enough throughout the offseason since there's a lot else they need to focus on. But it's definitely one they have to address I I would accept Harris there around two. I think it's a quality move, someone who can fill the exact role that you described. And yeah, it could, could help develop that position you know, going into the future when Mosley's financials could be more at play and just gets a little bit older. So I'm on board with your selection there. I think Before, linebacker needs to be addressed, and that, that's going to hit a need. <laughs> Before you make your pick, I just want to tell you when I uh... – I made the pick, and uh, the sim went through the whole second round. McBride was not taken, which is kind of weird. So maybe he can be a day three, pick, uh, round three pick for the Jets in this universe. But I, I feel like a lot of people wouldn't buy into the Harris pick, especially if he's taken over someone like McBride or maybe Dotson, so someone on the offense. But it definitely fills a need, and I. I'm not hot. Not, I'm not that high on Quincy Williams as a starter, as a role player. Yes, but they definitely need to shore up that that position and definitely help with the run defense. So I think Harris, solid in coverage, solid against the run, just needs a little more refinements. And I, I think Salah would be very happy with that pick as well. Yeah, I I like your logic there. It makes a ton of sense for that. So look, we've mentioned edge. You already had them selecting an edge. I have not mentioned that clearly in my first three picks. So at, at this point for me, I'd be thinking, look, I would love the tight ends, create your, your Patriots template here in I would love to do it with McBride and Rucker, but I'm not going to do that because I don't think they will actually do that. But transitioning back to my main point, I was between edge and linebacker. I don't think... I just don't think Dean or Lloyd will be here. I think they're both going to find their way into either late round one or right before the Jets selections. So with that, I'm going to go with Edge and shout out to Anthony in Penn State. I'm going to go with Edge rusher Arnold Epichetti. I believe I said that correct. Uh, produced this year, 9.5 sacks, 18 tackles for loss, a knee that they have. Someone who thinks they can develop more and get better. And it's just, it's, yeah, build that other role across from Carl Lawson. You could find your edge rushers later in the draft. Lawson himself is an edge rusher later in the draft. 
and trust the staff to develop someone like this might not have well I won't blame this staff for not draft sorry for not developing Zuniga it wasn't part of their time yet but think they can redeem themselves with this selection and turn that big get thing to the bookend edge to go with Lawson so that's gonna be my selection here with my seconds with the second second rounder yeah, I think I I like that pick. I think we're both high on him. I actually told you today. I said no more round three or round four edges. <laughs> we don't need another Zuniga or Polite. We we need someone who can step up day one. And even at at worst, if they're just a situational pass rusher, that Calvin Pace role that we always talk about, and it's weird we we always talk about that role because even though we always joked about him and being like fifty. <laughs> playing on the team, no one has really taken over that situational pass rusher role. So mm-hmm. I think that would be worst case scenario for was Ebikente. I, not... I believe it's Ebikente. I'll have to double check that as we. Cause I'm sure his name's going to keep coming up as we talk <laughs> about the draft. So we'll, we'll, he, we'll get we'll get that right for the next one. He just produced like you can see the stats. the The only negative I've heard of him is that he's very slow off the ball. Like uh, he he has trouble right when the ball snaps and and getting into that position, but I think that can easily be taught. And if if Salah is as good as he's supposed to be, I mean he he got a lot of production out of that San Francisco defensive line. So I I, I would I would love a a day two edge guy, specifically round two and. I, I don't think Jermaine Johnson's going to last that long anymore. I think the hype from the Senior Bowl is really putting him on the radar, but would love him there. I don't know your thoughts on Cameron Thomas. You know, I, I like him a lot. He was unfortunately not able to participate in the Senior Bowl because I think he got hurt right before, but he he led the, the nation in pressures last year at San Diego State. He... uh had a lot of sacks, a lot of tackles for a loss. And and Majay Sanders, too, who is having a, a pretty good week at the Senior Bowl, too. I think he can be a solid day two pick. So if they miss uh, on Hutchinson and Thibodeau and decide to not pursue Trayvon Walker, David Ajobu, um, Karloftis, I think any any of the guys I mentioned and, and your pick, I think, are definitely in play. And I think we would both be happy with that. Yeah, and my thought there when I was deciding which edge to announce here, I just think Ajobu from Michigan is just going to be gone already. I think he'll find yep. his way into round one, so yep. did not even think about him as an option. Walker, I did think about there. I mean, I, I can't say too much of a difference between the two. It just kind of lean more towards a Betty K. Just it also from like- Anthony Debbie has had an impact there. It seems like <laughs> in Walker, our talks about him, so it seems like except Walker. Walker go, Sorry, it, go ahead. Yeah, it seems like Walker's going to go first round based on things that I've read and and heard on podcasts. It seems like he's a mid to late first round talent right now. Yeah, and you, know, you just said he might not even make it there, so couldn't he, might not even be an option. But one thing I will mention, since I didn't address linebacker with my selections, that would be. I know we're not going past round two today, but certainly would have to be the next position to address if, if I'm making the selections in, in round three slash four. You've got to get your linebacker because it's it's a need. So 
won't give names though, but that's that's what I would have to select next for now. Yeah, I think the secondary is not as much of a a need in the draft right now because ideally they'll sign a safety. They they better sign the safety. So I'm not really I, I was on the the Brisker train. I was on the Hamilton train, but I feel like they can solve their safety woes in free agency. So I don't know what I would take next. Maybe look at tight end, probably, since I didn't take one. I feel yeah. like Ruckert might last until the third round. I, he, like, he, he wasn't supposed to be a second-round talent. He was really supposed to be a day three pick, like high fourth round, but he's making all the waves at the senior bowl, so he might slip into the third round now, which I think at, at pick 69, I think the Jets have, I think that'd be a, a nice pick for him. There's a lot of acceptable scenarios for them to address each of these positional needs simply. Like, it just really depends which order they choose to go with it. So, yeah, safety there, I can mention too, like, along with linebacker, one of those two would be next. I think in round three, they would have to address because, look, my expectation, and this is, I guess, some little early thoughts is before we start talking about it, but I think you got to pay up in free agency to get your quality veteran safety to take on one of those roles. And they also will have some returning guys that we're all kind of writing off Ashton Davis and, and some of the others, but not writing may differ. Who? Not writing off Pinnock. I, that's what I was hoping I, I heard there. <laughs> yes, I, I'm not writing him off. But that, that's kind of my thought there of not going safety also in the, with one of those round two picks. So, yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> It's gonna. I know our famous line that's gonna be said. It's difficult to mess up any of these <laughs> scenarios. And my favorite line: "It's not that hard." Like, don't make it that <laughs> difficult. Like, literally not that difficult. I I really think Joe's gonna prioritize the main positions: edge, offensive line, and pass catcher in the first two rounds. And I think we we both showed that with our picks. I like your draft mostly. I don't love like you know this I, I don't love Burks as much as you do I, I like London and, and Wilson a, a little bit better I would have liked to hear them over Bur- Burks at 10 but again not going to complain with Burks nothing to really complain m- much with with your with your picks I think if the Jets finished rounds one and two with either of our drafts I think that's a, an a, a for them yeah, I say likewise. I would be thrilled with how your board plays out. I mean, if London actually is sitting there early round two when they didn't address Wido yet, I mean, that's that was it Elijah Moore all over again. Like, it just yep. falls into their laps the right way. That would be that'd be terrific, no doubt. So, yeah, I I, like, I, I really don't think he will. I, I think the wide receivers that will be there will probably be like David Bell, Jahan Dotson. George Pickens, who is, is not even on my board. I, I don't think London is going to be there at all. Yeah, I think ultimately he probably ends up in round one, maybe even early in round one, too. But we'll we'll see. Stuff can change. I think as we continue the discussions up until the draft, I think positional-wise, I'm probably going to be pretty consistent in round one. I Maybe at some point, Edge pops in there, but Round two, I'm sure I'll have different thoughts as as it as the the days 
go on. I know that will not be the same for me. <laughs> well, at least with, with one of them, it might be the same. So, with in McBride. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think assuming there's no trades, like round one seems kind of locked in what, what we're looking for. Round two, I think, is where things get tricky. Yeah, I mean, look, if the, round two, they basically have like four options of position. You can go tight end. You can go wide out. Oh, I guess you can go. All right, let, let me change that. They, all their needs can certainly be addressed at every position and there, but like with the expectation that O-line and edge is going to be an early theme, like probably going to see that in, in one of those top four, no matter what, and wide out. I mean, they, After they, that, questionable what they'll do next. They can even do edge at four, wide out at 10, and then take their tackle or guard at round two. I, yeah. I, it's... It, I don't think uh, Zion Johnson's going to last to pick 35. Again, based on the senior bowl reporting, he's killing it also. I think that the two bene- beneficiaries of the senior bowl so far are Jermaine Johnson the second and Zion Johnson. I feel like they might sneak into the, well Johnson I think will sneak into the first I think uh Zion Johnson I think Jermaine Johnson could sneak into the top 15 it's going to change a lot with that with with the the smoke the non-smoke for all these different have available but uh, I mean pretty much just just on board with all of these scenarios it's going to be hard to be disappointed I think unless we hear <laughs> Yeah, cornerback. <laughs> I think <laughs> that's the one we'll both be like, oh, "Come on!" Well, I, I I could have made the joke at uh, pick thirty five. Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, <laughs> uh, Carson Strong were available. Should have taken one of them. I'm sure there's a segment of of Jets fans that actually think that can happen. So <laughs> they they would want to hear that the, that segment. I've I've heard I've actually heard some good things about Malik Willis from the Senior Bowl so far. I, I'm hoping they can trade down from 10. I don't know if they will, but hopefully someone will want a quarterback. But again, this mock draft, no no trades. We'll do another mock in, in a few weeks. Maybe it'll be a full seven rounds. Well, the Jets don't have picks in the seventh round or the sixth rounds, but a full full Jets draft. We'll get Jared Jay back on. We'll get we'll get Anthony Vecchion back on. And uh some more surprise guests to come as well. But with with that mock draft, I think, like I said, both options, any of the players that we named, if they leave with one of those guys, I think we'll we'll all be happy. Completely agree. It's it's gonna be difficult. I know I'm gonna repeat the line like over and over and over again, but it's gonna be difficult to really make me annoyed <laughs> on draft night day one or two. So just leave with one of those options. Like, come on. That's, that's all we're asking. And that's all I got for now, I think, as as uh, draft season is full steam ahead. I think one, one episode in the next few weeks, we should do a draft episode of players we don't want. And, like, <laughs> we can, like, red flag guys because there's guys that will make us fume. Even if they are the position that we want, like David Ajobu. A Jobo, don't want him at all, for example. So, I think we can do an ep- a fun episode on that in uh, in the coming weeks. But we uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Mock drafts are our favorite. We'll get a few more in before uh, 
think it's the last week of April that is the draft. So plenty, plenty of weeks and, and months leading into it. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, you can follow us at the good, the bad, and the Jets pod. You can follow us on Twitter at good, bad, Jets pod. Almost forgot that. And you can follow me on Twitter at Verified. Yep. Thank you, Brandon, as always. And you can check me out on Twitter at SKline8241033 and on TikTok at NYJetsSK824. You're getting the TikToks up. We love to see it. Some more coming this week, too. I already uh, <laughs> actually hit my little, uh, what's it called, behind-the-scenes note or whatever you want to call it is actually recorded a few of them ahead, so prepare. <laughs> Good. Good. All right. Well, as always, we hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, don't forget the Senior Bowl is this Saturday. Is that the 5th? I believe it is at 2.30 Eastern time. We will, we will be tuning in, hoping to see some of those players on the Jets, the, the ones that we like. It'll, uh, it'll be a good game to watch. And uh, maybe we'll do a post-game episode as well. So with that, Make sure you stay positive and test negative. Thanks, everyone.